0: Well, you know, uh, to, uh, we, we started uh, the study of James, the book of James. Some people call it the book of Jacob. And so in two weeks in that book, we, Todd, Pastor Todd talked about uh, trials, that we face trials um, in our lives. And the book of James talks about that. The first week we talked about the um, troubles with trials. And second week we talked about the gift of trials. So this morning I'm going to talk about uh, how we can respond when trials come into our lives in a godly way through the bo- uh, book of Job. So if you can open with me the uh, book of Job, you can turn your book or you can turn on your book of Job. I believe this book is it's a gift from God to us. It's the, it's the wisdom literature. And God gave this book to us so that we can know how to respond to our trials. You know, some of us here go uh, through different trials. I don't believe there's a, uh, two types of people that who suffer more and those who suffer less. I don't believe they don't exist. There's a hundreds of people who face trials. And James talks about that we're facing uh, uh, various kinds of trials. Some of you um, going through health issues, cancer. Some of you lost a loved ones. Some of you uh, don't have a job and still looking for a job and can't find it. Some of you, uh, single like me, want a spouse. I've been actually... Uh, a few couple of days and been really discouraged I was like Lord how long how long I'm gonna I'm 30 years old and I don't have a wife and then God speak, uh, started speaking in my life and said am, am I not enough am I not enough and I was like yeah Lord you are enough all I need is you and nothing else I can't be satisfied if, I, if you called me to be a single. I will praise you for that. And so that's what Job is facing. None of us experience what Job experienced. So let's jump in. We're going to focus chapter 1 in chapter 2, verse 10. So there's a lot going on, so be patient with me. And we're going to go section by section and just kind of unpack what's going on. Let the scriptures um, drive this sermon. That's my prayer. And it's hard for me to preach this uh, because I never experienced what Job experienced. It's very weighty. It's very weighty, not because of the uh, verses, but because of the the weight of what Job experienced in his life. So let's read chapter 1, and we're going to go section by section, and we're going to unpack that. Chapter 1, verse 1. There was a man in the land of Oz, whose name was Job, and that man was blameless and upright, one who feared God and turned away from evil. Notice that it says that he's blameless and upright. There's a, so that what the author is doing, he said about this man who lived in Oz, who's blameless, upright, and feared God. I'm not talking about kind of like a slavish fear, you know, like, no, the the fear that he embraced and he loved who God is. And because he feared God so much that he hated sin. Verse 2 says, there were born to him seven sons and three daughters. He possessed 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, and 500 female donkeys, and very many servants, so that the man was greatest of all the people of the East. So this man, not only rich in his godliness, but also he is rich in his possessions. You know, sometimes we think that Rich people are the bad ones. And we know that in the, in the Bible, Jesus talks about that it's hard for rich men to enter the kingdom of heaven. And it's true. But I believe there's a, a, there's a rich man can be godly, and there's a rich man can be ungodly. Also, there's a poor man can be godly, and there's a poor man can be ungodly. So don't get confused sometimes we, like uh, rich people are bad and poor people are good. And here Job is tell, uh, telling us that Job is loved God. He feared God. And also, God blessed him. This is not a prosperity gospel. And we will see that God, uh, the Job Loved God more than his possessions. So we also now going to see in verse four and five that God, not uh, Job, not only feared God, but he walked that way as well. Verse four: His sons used to go and hold feast in the house of each one. On his day, and they would send and invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them. And when the days of the feast had run their course, Job will send and consecrate them, and he will rise early in the morning and offer burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, it may be that my children have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus Job did continually. I love this, because Job he had a jealous for God. He was so jealous for his holiness. And then he loved he, second, he loved his children. He's willing to get up early in the morning to give offering because he says that it may be that my children have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Fathers, do you do that for your kids? Do you get up every morning and pray hard for your kids, especially for those who are maybe out of your house? It seems like that he concerned more about his adult kids than teenagers. So I encourage you, fathers, that you will pray for your children. When you get up early in the morning, time with the Lord, that you pray that God will hold fast their marriages, that they will love their spouses, and children. And so Job is had eleven thousand livestock, ten children, and he practiced his godliness. So this is the men who loved God, had everything. And now calamity comes upon him. We're going to skip verse 6 uh, through 12. We're going to get back to this, but let's focus on verse 13 through 19. Now there was a day when the sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house, and there came messenger to Job and said, The oxen were plowing, and the donkeys were feeding beside them, and the Sabaeans fell upon them, And took them and struck down the servants with the edge of the sword, and I alone have escaped to tell you. Verse 16, while he was yet speaking, there came another and said, the fire of God fell up from heaven and burned up the sheep and the servants, and they consumed them, and I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was speaking, there came another and said, Chaldeans! formed three groups and made a raid of the camels and took them and struck down and servants with the age of the sore. And I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was speaking, there came another said, Your sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house. And behold, a great wind came across the wilderness, probably a tornado, and strike the four corners of the house, and fell upon a young people. And they are dead, and I alone have escaped to tell you. So this Job, who's rich and godly man, and the calamity comes to him. And he might ask this question, What in the world is going on? Some of you asked that before. There's nothing wrong I have done. What's going on? And we know that this world will not give us the answer. The heaven will give us the answer. We know the devil part of that John 10 says that he like a thief comes to steal kill and destroy that's what he did he stealing killing and destroying taking everything from job and job have no idea what's going on So let's look what's what happening in heaven. So the world cannot give us the answer when we ask what's in the world's going, what on earth is going on. And we can look what's happening in heaven. Let's go back to verse six through verse twelve. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan also came among them. So son of God's angels, they come, uh, they present themselves, and Satan comes as well. And the Lord said to Satan, From where have you come? uh, Satan answered to the Lord, said, From going to and fro on the earth and from walking up and down on it. And the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant job that there is no one like him on earth a blameless upright who fears god and turns away from the lord this is very strange verse just imagine this if a thief sneaks into my house to looking things to steal not knowing that I'm um, somewhere in the house, and he, and he comes into me and says, Oh, and I'll ask, What are you doing here? Well, I'm here to, you know, steal things. And I'll say, Have you considered my 4K HDTV in the living room? Here's the key. Go get it. So that's what Satan is doing. He comes uh, before God. And God boasts about Job. He said, this is my man. This is my boy. Honorable title, my servant. Who fears God, blameless upright, loves me above all things. I love that boy. And he boasts. God is not just like talking, you know, gibberish. Oh, there's some kind of Christian over there. No, he said, like, this is my man. And he loves me so much. Look what the Satan says in verse 9. Then Satan answered to the Lord and said, Does Job... Fear God for no reason? Have you not put a hedge around him and his house and all that he has on every side? You have blessed the works of his hand and his uh, possessions have increased in the land. But stretch out your hand and touch all that he has and he will curse you to your face. So Satan is saying to God, do you know why Job loves you? Because you gave him stuff. Because you gave him stuff, that's why he loves you. If you take all those things away from him, he will curse you into your face. That's what Satan means here, accuser. He loves to accuse God's people. He, wa- he stands before God and accuses every one of us. All the time. That's the goal of Satan, to destroy us by accusing us. So that's what he's doing to Job. You bless him because take all that away from him and he will, I promise, he will curse you. And then in verse 12, And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has in your hand, only against him do not stretch out your hand. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. And so we just read that calamity came. Poor things uh, came. You know, Satan attacks Job. He uses human hands to destroy and to kill from Job. Take everything he has. Servant after servant comes and uh, gives him a report. And then he loses his 10 children. And now, we will see how Job responds. In verse 20. Then Job arose and tore his robe and shaved his head and fell on the ground and worshipped. When he tore his rope and shaved his head, it shows us that the pain that he's going through. In the midst of that pain, he's willing to worship. He's willing to worship In verse twenty-one, he said, "I naked I came from my father uh, mother's womb, and naked shall I return." The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So, Job tore his robe and shaved his head and worship and says, Lord, you gave and you take away. And I will praise you. When I read that, I was like, Job, you are crazy. How can you do this? How can you say things like that? You lost everything. And you're willing to praise God? You're willing to say, Lord, you took and you, you gave and you take away from me, but I will bless your name. I love that response. I pray that our response will be like this when we face trials. I know it's hard. I know it's hard. And Job tells us that. But God gives us strength to persevere. Like we, uh, James says in chapter 1 that we talked about last week, in verse 12, I love this, it says, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. Blesses the man who remains steadfast on the trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life. Job did not curse God. Verse 22 says In, this, in all this, Job did not sin or charge God with wrong. Amen. Thank you, Job, for showing us how to respond rightly. Even Job had no clue what's going on. He was a godly man, loved his children, loved God so much, and then this comes. And no clue what's going on. Only we know what's going on, but he didn't, and he responded well. Well. So my prayer for you this morning, if you do face trials, how would you respond? Job says here that he values God more than anything else. Because Lord, you gave me all those and you took away. Now we're going to go to round two. So, round one, Job is a victor. In chapter two, like, Job just faced everything this afternoon, lost everything, and now he loses his health. Chapter 2, verse 7, in the middle there, loaf of sores from the sore of his food and the crown of his head. And he took a piece of broken pottery uh, with which he scraped himself while he sat in the ashes. So now Job again faces another calamity. I just lost everything. And now he gets boils. He gets sores. I mean, there are terrible sores. Terrible. If you read the, uh, if you continue to read the book of Job, In chapter 7, verse 5 says this. Job said, My flesh is clothed with worms and dirt. My skin is hardened. I mean, this is a terrible, horrible sickness. None of us experience something like that. And again, Job will ask, What's going on? I just lost everything. And now my health? And verse 3 tells us, so Satan comes again as a loser, comes before God again, presents himself with the angels, and God asks him, where you have been? And then verse 3, And the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? That there is no one like him on earth, a blameless and upright man who fears God and turns away from evil. But then God adds, He still holds fast to his integrity. Although you incite me, Against him to destroy him without a reason. I think that the translation here is very interesting that you, Satan, ties me to go against my boy. For no reason. I think the other translation will say without cause. Job ha- didn't do anything that he had to face all this calamity. He never sinned against me, he never cursed me. Never do anything wrong. And you enticed me to go against my boy you haven't I'd rather you choose someone else than not my boy Job says that Job didn't do anything and this calamity comes upon him because Satan accused him and he wanted to destroy Job in verse 4 Then Satan answered to the lure and said, skin for skin. Yeah, I lost because he took all his possessions. But what about if you take his health? Maybe then he will curse you to your face. Verse 5, but stretch out your hand And touch his bone and his flesh, and he will curse you to your face. And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, he is in your hand. Only spare his life. You see the sovereignty of God there? The God is sovereign over this, what's happening and what's going on to Job. Job. Yes, you can touch him, but you can go this far, but not farther. And then Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and strikes Job with loathsome sores from the sore of his feet and crown of his head. So those terrible boils the sores that he gets from top to bottom. And what's the response of Job? Verse 9. Then his wife said to him, Do you still hold fast your integrity? Curse God and die. Okay, let's pause here. I mean, just imagine, the wife also lost her 10 children. We see that in chapter one, she didn't say any word. And now she sees his husband her husband and says, sees him with boils, with sores. She went through a lot, and we should give her a grace here. Because some people say, How dare are you talk like that? She lost everything. And of course she's a, a human and she. we have to understand that she's going through pain as well. And so that's what sometimes happens. It comes out those things. And I love Job's response to his wife. Job didn't say, you are a fool. How dare you can say things like that. I think Job kind of rebukes her with graciousness. He said, you speak as one of the foolish women would speak. I love that. He didn't say, you are a fool. Honey. I know it's not you. I know you don't speak like that. Shall we receive good from God? And shall we not receive evil? You know, if you read, again, the whole book of Job, she's not mentioned. In the end, she gives more children to him so the wife is hurt and because of it those things comes out because of humans happens and the job uh, encourages her and challenges her with graciousness I know honey it's not you I know you don't talk like that he currently, shall we not receive good from God, shall we not receive evil? In all this, Job did not sin with his lips. So there's a parallel in verse 122. Job blessed the Lord, and all this, Job did not sin or charge wrong with God. In verse 10 of chapter 2, in all this, Job did not sin with his lips. So Job lost his possessions, his family, and he said, Bless the Lord. Job lost his health, and he did not curse God with his lips. And just imagine this. Thousands of angels in heaven raising their hands. When Job says those things, bless the Lord. thousands of hands of angels says, praise God of Job who holds fast, who loves God above all things. And imagine Satan goes, Poof, embarrassed. This is why we suffer. We suffer for the glory of God. We suffer for his praise if you remember in in, in the gospel of John chapter 9 when disciples saw a blind man and they asked Jesus why he born blind because of his sin or because of his parents sins and Jesus said no not because of He's sinned because of his appearances, but because so that God's works can be displayed for his glory. We suffer for his glory. This book of Job, a great book for us and then we later see that Job three his friends comes and they're trying to prove to Job that there's something wrong with him do you know why you suffer this way because you're a great sinner and Job's like I have nothing that I have done oh you see Job you self-righteous you proud. And then Elihu comes and he challenged his three friends and, and kind of encourages Job. And in chapter thirty eight we see God comes. God comes and challenges Job. In verse thirty-eight, uh, chapter thirty-eight. God answers to Job. Who is this that darkness cancel by words without knowledge? God says, "Like Job, you have no idea what you're talking about. You're challenging my counsel." And then God revealed Himself, in His magnificence. And then Job responds in uh, chapter thirty-two. Then Job answered and said, "I know that you can do all things, and that you no purpose of your can be thwarted." Uh, thwarted. Who is this that hides counsel without knowledge? Therefore, I have ordered what I did not understand. Things too wonderful for me, which I did not know. Hear, and I will speak. I will question you, and you make it known to me. I had heard of you by the hearing of the year, but how... But now my eye, my eye sees you, therefore I despise myself and repent in the dust and ashes. Job is not repentant of his sins that brought him calamity, but he repents of his mistrust in God. In, when you read the book of Job, God never gives him answer, why? Why? But only thing God gives him is manifestation of himself. Manifestation of himself. And so that's, uh, that's why Job says, my eye sees you, and I Repent. Job sees how awesome and wonderful God is, that he is enough. We see this same story in New Testament. The God himself, the Job of God, comes in a human flesh, And because of our sin, he goes to the cross. On that cross, he takes the wrath of God that deserves for us. Christ suffered more than any sinner will inhale. For three hours, he suffered for us. Christ suffered more than Job, he took our sin upon himself so that we can join him and see how wonderful and glorious he is. If we participate in Christ's suffering, we will participate in his resurrection. So when Job experienced suffering and he held fast to it, and chapter 42 tells us that God blessed him twice much that he had before. So when we, in Christ, and when we experience in his sufferings, when we join in his sufferings, we will participate in his resurrection we suffer for god's glory and god will always be with us and he wants you to know that he wonderful god He loves you, and he cares for you. And he will, he might not answer why this happening, but he always show you who he is. And in our sufferings, he reveals himself to us so that when we can see him, how wonderful he is, how sovereign over everything that's going on in my life. I will praise you and I will bless your name. So my prayer for you this morning that you will respond well to your trials. Sometimes we don't understand why. Like Job didn't. But that's why God gave this book to us so that we can see how should we respond and see how wonderful and amazing God is. And remember the gospel. Remember the gospel. What Christ has done for us. God himself experienced suffering. That's encouraging to me. And so that we can run to him. He will, like Hebrews says, that he will sympathize with us because he went through sufferings himself. Now I want to finish with this um, video that's been very encouraging to me. By Shane and Shane, though you slay me, I will hope in you. So I want you to listen. Maybe if you need to bow your heads and pray and just listen. Let this song will be encouraging to you how we respond to the suffering. And then I will come and we'll lead us to communion.
1: Is all your affliction momentary not only is all your affliction light in comparison to eternity and the glory there but all of it is totally meaningful every millisecond of your pain from the fallen nature or fallen man every millisecond of your misery in the path of obedience is producing a peculiar glory you will get because of that I don't care if it was cancer or criticism I don't care if it was slander or sickness it wasn't meaningless it's doing something it's not meaningless of course you can't see what it's doing don't look to what is seen when your mom dies when your kid dies, when you've got cancer at 40, when a car creams into the sidewalk and takes her out, don't, don't say, it's meaningless. It's not. It's working for you, an eternal weight of glory. Therefore, therefore, do not lose heart, but take these truths and day by day, Focus on them. Preach them to yourself every morning. Get alone with God and preach His Word into your mind until your heart sings with confidence that you are new and cared for.
2: I will bless your name Though you ruin me Still I will worship Sing a song to the one who's all I need I'll sing a song to the one who's all I